I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, October 16th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Dan Rubin. A lot to get into. We're going to take a look at this uh, huge matchup between Ohio State and Penn State. We're going to look back on some of the high points from Ohio State's 41-7 win at Purdue. Before we get to that, I want to tell you guys again about one of our great sponsors, Manscaped, and a great deal you can get. We're brought to you today by Manscaped, who is taking a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweet, get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using the code BUCKNUTS for 20% off plus free shipping. I love how smooth it is. Yeah, I have I have a beard, but I still got a I got the, the chin strap look. So I, I still gotta shave the neck. And uh I, I this is the smoothest shave you'll ever get. No razor burn. Absolutely love it. I recommend it to you guys. And again, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. All right, there we go. Let's bring in Dan Rubin. Dan, let's start. There's so much to get into. I'm going to start with Dallin Hayden. Um, you texted me during the game. I gave you a shout-out on post-game, on the post-game show, what we learned live. You said Dallin. You just very, very succinct and to the point. Just Dallin Hayden is the best running back on this team. And then I had somebody ask me in the post-game podcast, and I don't have a good answer for them. Well, how come they only use him? Everybody agrees he looks really good. Why do they only use him when they absolutely have to? They didn't use him. They were going to redshirt him last year. Then they had all the injuries, and they played him. Looked good. Um, this year, they were going to try and redshirt him again, and they had to play him. He looked good. I don't get it, man. I know you don't get it either. I There's a point in time when we cover teams and get into this and stuff where I think I'm taking crazy pills because – the eye test is so obvious that he's the best running back on the team. He, he has by far the best vision on the team. Um, he's the most patient runner, I think, on the team. I exchanged texts during the game with a uh, an NFL source who has a keen interest in Ohio State, and I'll have a boarding house item about that today. But he talked about that. He started asking me. I don't have an answer for him. I don't remember when he looked – like he was overwhelmed. So I question like, what's the reasons you wouldn't play him? One, is he not good in pass protection? Um, I haven't seen that. I guess that's possible. Does he have fumbleitis? 
he did fumble, uh, I think, once earlier on uh, when he was first getting rolling, but nothing. He's not like he's like Rod Smith. I mean, he's – it doesn't look like he has fumbleitis. He has no history of it. He seems to have decent enough hands to be a threat in the pass game. Um, or they are so high on him that they're saving him for next year to be the main back, maybe, and they don't want to take tread off his tires. But I, I just don't get it. Like, and here's the other thing, and this is not to be, uh, you know, non-emotional, but running back is one of the positions you can go into the transfer portal and get another running back who's really good relatively easily. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why this is going on. I assume Tony Alford just prefers Travion Henderson. And look, if you're, if you're judging the running backs based on who is most likely to take the ball and go for an 80 yard touchdown, the answer is Travion Henderson. Unfortunately, he needs an open lane and no one to touch him to do it. He's not, a, he doesn't break tackles very often, and he's not super elusive. He's super talented. I mean, he, he strikes me as a little bit more of a track guy playing running back. Mayan Wounds is a little, you know, like short yardage guy. He just doesn't have the burst. Hayden is the is like the blend of them all. And I don't know. I had someone tell me, oh, they block better for him. That's preposterous. The idea that another back goes in there and they get stronger or the plays get better, that's silly talk. So Whatever the reason is for you, yeah. I don't have an answer except that I want to see him in the game. Northwestern last year, when CJ was struggling, they wouldn't put him in the game, and he has the, he's the only one with the burst. Like mine doesn't have that burst, that initial yeah, yeah, that he has, and, he, and he's a good, better, you know, in tight spaces. I don't get it. It needs to be. I, they have a reason for this. It's not like they're just you know, oh, Travion Henderson. They have reasoning for it. I just don't know what it is. And I haven't heard anyone tell me a reason that makes sense. Not to say they don't have one, but I don't got it. Well, we get to talk to Ryan Day tomorrow, and that is uh, going to be my question. If I get the first question, um, which I often do, I'm going to come out of the gates with that. If I don't get the – if Jerry mixes it up a little bit, which he'll every once in a while throw a curveball, somebody else asks that question, that's fine, but it, it will get asked tomorrow. And so last year when he would get asked about Dallin Hayden um, – he wouldn't be, get asked about ball security. It wouldn't fumbling wasn't even brought up. But every time, you know, and I'm talking about maybe like three times it happened. You know, last year I remember at press conferences. Every time he was asked about Dallin Hayden, he would eventually Ryan Day would start talking about ball security. Well, you know, the biggest thing is as a running back, you got to give the ball back to the official after the play. And we're like, see, he must be fumbling in practice for Ryan Day to go on and on and on about that. So yeah, you're right. There must be a reason. Um, some kids, as we all know in sports, when the lights come on, you know they're just not, they're not practice players. And who knows? I don't know how much Coach Day is going to get into it. Let's say Dallin is having fumbling issues in practice. Is, is Day going to say flat out that's what it is? I don't know. Um, my guess is that's what it is. You mentioned pass pro too. Could be that. It's certainly not all of a sudden that the offensive line blocks better when he's in there. Although I thought the offensive line did play much better against Purdue. They look like they simplified things. But uh, yeah, man, I don't get it. It, it must be. I had to bet Occam's razor would be he's got fumbling issues in practice because Ryan Day alluded to that last year. But Dave, how many times we got to see him in the game not fumble to then realize he's good? That can't be it. That can't be it. It doesn't make any sense. And also, also, this is not like we saw him. This was like 
more than a year ago, he was good. And then we went a year with him and he's back. I don't, it just makes, I've never seen it before. So there, there is a reason, like I said, I just don't know what it is. And I have a very good feeling. I'm not going to agree with it. If I ever found out exactly Buckeye 80, look what he did at Maryland. I don't get it. By the way, he's also not a flash in the pan guy. His dad played running back. Oh, he's a defensive back. I can't remember. He's Hayden. He's a pro. Yeah, but still he's playing the NFL. Yeah. So come on, man. What are we doing here? Right. His dad played in the NFL for, you know, wasn't just a flash in the pan. I think he played right. several years in the NFL. Yeah. Not that he was a superstar or anything, but. Also, I think people think also I'm negative on Travion Henderson. That's not the case. I'm just being honest. And also, he, he doesn't play that much. That's another problem. How many people were surprised when he showed up in the in the injury report after a bye week? The running back situation at Ohio State over the last two years, every week I'm amazed. Who's I don't even know who's playing. It's goofy. So one of the number one abilities, especially for, for a, a main guy, is availability. So when you have an offensive line that's gelling, I actually think it's better to have one back in there to get a consistent thing going. Um, did they block better for him, or did he see the holes better? So, thank you, Sue. I thought so. There's a Hayden. Who yeah, was a defensive yeah, back. yeah I get him confused. Right. With Alex Molden, who was a defensive back, got drafted out of Oregon. I get him confused, but but still, this is I, I don't get it. I got it wrong too. I said when, when you said RB or maybe DB, I said yeah, DB. I don't know why I thought he was a he was a DB, but yeah. Um, and as GOJ says, you know, Aaron Hayden played at Tennessee and then played a few years in the NFL, played for the Chargers. Um, So he played for, yeah, played for the Chargers, the Packers, and the Eagles, Aaron Hayden. So, yeah, dad knows a little bit. He wasn't just an NFL player. He was an NFL running back. He kind of – I don't get it, man. But, again, I'm going to ask Ryan Day about it tomorrow. And maybe things have now changed. Maybe they've now seen the lights, like, we've got to play this guy. And regardless, I think the redshirting is out the window now. Even if everybody's magically healthy – which we'll get to in a second. Redshirting um, running backs or wide receivers at Ohio State makes no sense to me. Unless, you know, injuries and stuff like that I get. But in terms of just either you're good enough to get on the field or we should go get somebody else. That's how it works, man, especially with the portal. Yeah, it's a different day and age, man. I mean, I used to love the fifth-year seniors back in the day. I oh, used like a guy like D. Miller, for example. I mean, we could pick out, but that was in like 19, what, like 1997 was his uh, fourth year junior season. He hadn't done, he didn't do any, he was a big time prospect out of Springfield South. Um, didn't do anything at Ohio State for his first three years, redshirted and barely played. And then D Miller was a really good player as a fourth year junior, fifth year senior. In this day and age, that would never happen. He'd be in the portal after his second year, probably. So but you're Josh right. Proc- Josh Proctor probably wouldn't still be here had the rules been different when he was younger. Yeah, I give him credit. That's one of the rarities that, and he had what the. What I'm saying is, but the yeah. rules didn't exist four years ago. They couldn't just leave. That's true. That's true. Um, all right, let's get to it. So, I was texting with uh, Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy this morning. I think I don't know if Pat was even up yet because I haven't heard back from him. But uh, no. Steve thinks Travion Henderson's going to. Let's go through the, the injuries. Steve thinks Travion's going to play this week. I kind of get that gut feeling as well. I think sounds like to me he probably could have played each of these last two weeks. They're just being cautious with them. Um, I think there's no doubt Chip will be back. That was smart to hold him out, but I, I think he'll be back. Mayan, I, Dan, I don't know what's going on with Mayan. Um, Denzel Burke left the game. Let's hope he's all right. Um, I'm not sure how much Coach Day will talk about that. And then the other injury, I mean, Emeka, just the way Coach Day, you know, answered the question last week was ominous, Dan. It, it was like, well, the good news is it's not season ending. 
But I, that didn't seem to me like, oh, he's just going to be out just the Purdue game. That seemed to me like a multiple-week situation. He didn't even make the trip to Purdue. I hope I'm wrong and we see a healthy Emeka Ibuka this week against Penn State. I am bracing myself for no Emeka this week, and then we'll see what happens with the running backs. Emeka sounded to me, and I'm reading into this, and of course when it comes to injuries, I know Coach Day doesn't like a lot of chatter about it, but – I got the sense they were talking about a bruise over a ligament or muscle strain. Um, it looked like he got smashed in his shin and you just kind of, kind of probably got a hematoma down there or something and you've got to let it heal up, but you know, a bruise will get better uh, when you tear a ligament or tear a muscle than you are, I think in danger of missing, you know, the rest of the season, et cetera. I don't expect to see um, Mecca this weekend. The guy who we need to see the most out there clearly is Denzel Burke. He absolutely changes everything. Um, I went back and watched the play where he got hurt on, and I don't see what happened. Sometimes it's pretty obvious. Um, so hopefully it's nothing uh, too damaging, and they were just being cautious. But of the guys you mentioned, that would be my obviously my greatest concern. It's not that we don't need a Mecca, but Ohio State just puts receivers out there like it's no big deal. It's like a Carnell Tate. He's not even running. His, he's stopping for you. He's being nice to you. He's not even running into the end zone. He let his friend come up there for his first catch. Brandon Innocent got a touchdown. So while I wish we could have a Mecca for the game, um, and I wish we could have a trade for the game, uh, Burke is the one who will affect maybe my, you know, Burke's the one who would fi- affect the spread in Vegas the most, in my opinion. Yeah, which is crazy because Emeka is a fantastic player, but like they're so they have Marvin as their number one. They're so deep with Julian Fleming. I know he had a drop the other day, but I still think Fleming's having a good year. Um, Carnell Tate now Ennis. That's pretty cool that Ennis's first reception as a Buckeye was a long touchdown. It reminds me of David Boston, Michael Wiley. Their first time they touched the ball, touchdown, touchdown. Of course, he didn't have three of them, but they weren't playing Rice either. Yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going back to the 90s again on you. All right, we're going to get into Penn State in just a moment, but I, I also want to talk about the Devin Brown package. I like this, and I, I don't think this was just a one-game thing to give defensive coordinators something to worry about, although it does give defensive coordinators something they have to plan for now. But I like this, Dan. I don't know how much they're going to rely on it, but I don't think it was a one-time thing. I liked. I, I was surprised to see it, and I, I liked that Devin Brown package. It goes back to the – that's definitely uh... – Time Penn State will have to spend on a package this week they didn't have in the past. So you always want to give them another thing to think about. I will say my guy Devin plants his foot a little early for my taste and is seeking out contact. I'd like him <laughs> to use the edge a little bit more. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, but I do credit him for planting. And there's a couple times I'm like, get outside. Oh, here he go. It worked out. Um, yeah, anything you can do to mix it up and, and make them guess too. And listen, the pass he threw to Brandon Ennis will put – on tape, the fear of you, if you just put everyone in the box, it's not like he's, uh, I, I know you called him Tim Tebow light. He already showed he can throw the ball better than Tebow down the field. So, no, I like it. Anything to get him more involved, anything to get a little more juice for the team. I think Devin Brown also brings a little bit of a a fiery vibe to him that's not bad to put in there, whereas Kyle's kind of like, you know, you're steady, you're steady uh, lead by example and, and and not be so loud. But Devin's got that fire about him. You know, anything that works inside the red zone, I'm telling you, man, it's football in general, short yardage and red zone is changing. It's very difficult. Watch the NFL. Third and one is now hard. They, they, they've created a new 
play in Philadelphia just to deal with it. When we were growing up, you just handed it to a 200 Pete Johnson. You know what I mean? And he smashed forward for a yard. You can't do that anymore. Um, so yeah, creativity, always good. Always good to give uh, Franklin another thing to worry about. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, my Bengals had – there was four times the Seahawks had first and goal. Yes, right. four times. All four times the Bengals stuffed them. All four times. I'll give you an yeah. example. When when yes. when Purdue had end goal this weekend, I'm like, I don't think they're going to score. Right. Because their kicker – I don't even know about that. That's that, You should almost be – that's coaching malfeasance, man. You got to have some guy on the on the roster who can make a basic field goal. You know what I'm saying? There's two teams I've seen this year, Purdue and was it uh, Clemson, bringing guys in off like Wall Street to kick and miss. So that's unacceptable. But um, yeah, the Purdue situation, the way they played it out, I thought they were conservative with the injuries and stuff like that. So um, I, I'm confident coming out of there. Definitely, I, the injuries is my concern, and basically Denzel Burke. Yeah, Denzel Burke is my concern, too. Hopefully he's okay. That's another thing. Hopefully we'll find out more tomorrow. We're not uh, going to get so it clear. We won't. Even last week I asked him about uh, – I asked Ryan Day about, uh, do you expect Travion Henderson will play this week against Purdue? He said yes. <laughs> By that he meant no. Uh, right. He meant no. Um, why am I going to tell no. Purdue that, though, right? Um, I, and another reason I feel good about going to this Penn State game, Ty Leak in the D-line looking great, JT – Looks like that stud that we were hoping he'd be. Jack Sawyer coming off his best game. So Mike Hall is Mike Hall. I, I love the way this D-line is playing. Led by Tyleek Williams. I love it. Um, Tyleek Williams, I want to say something. You yeah. notice his two blocked down passes were when he drew a double team. Um, if you're the interior guy and you're good enough, you're getting two guys assigned you on every single play, you've already done your job. Even if you don't move and you draw two. Then if you knock down two passes after you've drawn a double team, that is literally – that's what I call combine tape, right? When you see Tyreek at the draft and they show his highlight package, knocking down one of those passes is going to be on there after he draws the double. Um, textbook stuff. So he's been tremendous. And like you said, we had in the boarding house last week, there were times when he had trouble – I mean, I thought he wasn't in great shape. They were saying he had trouble playing back-to-back plays. And now he's playing 70 plays. This is a guy who has bought into – I mean, he doesn't look like he's going to go for a marathon run anytime soon, but he's he's dedicated himself endurance-wise that, um, I mean, if you had voted before the season who's going to be the best defensive lineman on the team, I don't think he would have drawn the most votes. But he's definitely been the best defensive lineman on the team all around uh, to this point, in, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's every bit of – he's not listed at 340. I think he's every bit of 340 pounds, but he moves so well. And I don't care. I actually like the big – floppy belly D tackles as long as they you know can you know stay in the game not get gassed and and move well and Tyleek moves extremely well and you're right now he's he's to the point you don't see him getting gassed out there and he's playing the most snaps of any of the D tackles by far I love it number 91 is stepping up all right I don't know what to make of Penn State I mean their their stats are gaudy especially defense they've got the number one total defense in the country They've got the number two scoring defense in the country. They're they're only giving up eight points a game, and they're holding opponents to less than 200 yards a game, 193 yards a game. But they haven't played anybody. By far the best team they've played is West Virginia, I think. And West Virginia is not good. The only team in the Big Ten that's had an easier schedule up to this point is Michigan. 
But Penn State's stats are gaudy. Now, offense, not quite as much. They do have the number five scoring offense in the country. That's good. Only the number 42 total offense for Penn State. I've watched them a lot, Dan. Aller is a big, strong kid, but he doesn't throw the ball down the field very well and doesn't even do it very often. Um, he's been a lot of dink and dunk. Of course, we said the same thing with McCarthy last year and what happened in the, in the Michigan game. He's throwing the ball deep. Um, so you got to prepare for it. But I don't know what to make of this Penn State team. They really have not played a good schedule. Did I see Delaware on there? Did yeah. I see uh, yeah. Northwestern on there? Did I see UMass on there? Those are not Those are not like competent football operations. Uh, Iowa, look, that might be Iowa's one loss. But don't get me started on Iowa's offense. It's, I know it's shtick now for basically every college football podcast. But their statistics from this past weekend are like defy logic how they won the game. Um, so I can't count them. And Illinois is, you know, come on. Uh, Juice Williams ain't walking through that door. So I, I can't really – I don't know. Now I'll say this. They do have, according to the NFL – some really good players. Yes. Galen um, yeah. King, a defensive back. Oshano, left tackle. Chop Robinson, a transfer from my old stomp, Quince Orchard High School area in Gaithersburg, Maryland. So that I do take seriously because you can't fake that. Um, but we haven't seen him do it. And my understanding is Penn State struggles with JT Tuomolau. Um, I've heard. <laughs> yeah. And my hope is that takes place again. If that happens again, we will win. So, um, yeah, and Aller, look, he's a, he's a tremendous prospect. And, look, had uh, timing been different with Quinn Ewers, he could be a Buckeye. Very possible. He's a Mike Yersish disciple. Um, that's how they got him there um, out of that area. But you're talking about coming – you're talking about an Ohio kid who's probably always thought about playing for Ohio State, coming to the shoe – for a game like this, there is a ton of pressure on Drew Aller, man, uh, just in a general sporting sense. So that's going to be a big test for him. And you're right. He does look like Tarzan in the pocket, but he has not thrown the ball downfield the way you'd expect. I don't think they're loaded at receiver to the way they have been in the past. They've always had a couple guys, your K.J. Hamler types who could, you know, K.J. Hamler used to make me hold my breath like a mug. So, um Look, they could be great, and they could be, you know, just standard good Penn State. But um, anyone who says they know based on who they've played, I mean, UMass and, you know, Delaware are, are you know, come on, man. There's not one guy in either of those teams who, who even got a letter from Penn State. So I don't know. I, I mean, James Franklin, he's still got his press conference game going strong. Uh, there were some funny exchanges last week, but I don't know, man. I do think Penn State has a little – they've got to show me something to kind of step into the Ohio State-Michigan tier. I, we've put them in there now. Um, I'm not sure what they've done to get in there except, you know, pass – I don't even know if they passed the eye test yet. So it's a big test for Penn State, much bigger than it is for Ohio State relative to the national, you know, conversation, I would think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why Penn State gets mentioned along with Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan just the last two years, but Ohio State, I mean, Franklin's one and eight against Ohio State. One and eight. He's a combined four and fourteen against Ohio State and Michigan. So he's beaten Michigan three times. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, 
We'll find out though. You you're you're absolutely right though. You look at any NFL mock draft, and it's like Penn State, Penn State, Penn State. You know, look at the second round, Penn State, Penn, third, Penn State, Penn State. It's like every top three rounds is like littered with Penn State guys. It's like damn. And they've got a couple of young running sophomore running backs that are really good that aren't even draft eligible. This is a talented roster. There's no doubt about it. Um, but they're going to be facing a, an Ohio State team that's a more battle tested than they are, and b they haven't seen anything like this. Now you can say Ohio State hasn't seen anything like this probably true i mean notre dame maybe you look at ohio Ooh. state dan scoring defense. i think playing notre dame on the road at night in a at game night. like that is a tougher ass than penn state at home at noon that's just my opinion i think penn state's the better team but yeah i it mean is. that environment was tough at notre dame on notre the road dame. at night look what it did to usc right. they made they made the next patrick mahomes look like a kid who couldn't beat beaver creek high school okay <laughs> seriously <laughs> so the environment matters. <laughs> yeah, and that Beaver Creek doesn't even know how to play football. Um, unfortunately, I don't know what's. I was going to say maybe, Oakwood, but maybe we one all day. know Beaver Creek would probably whack Oakwood. Anyway, maybe, I don't want to talk. Uh, I don't know, but I, look at this. I, I was jotting down some stats. I was looking at Penn State stats. I wanted to give the updated Ohio State stats. I'm loving these defensive stats. Buckeyes number three scoring defense in the country. Nine point six points per game allowed. Silver Bullets, the number seven total defense in the country, 263.5 yards per game. Offensively, uh, not as good, but not bad. Ohio State, the number 20 offense, scoring offense in the country, Dan, 36 points per game. And the Buckeyes have the number 32 total offense in the land, 443 yards per game. But that defense, man, I love seeing that third number three scoring defense, number seven total defense against a pretty decent schedule so far. I love it. It's funny. People say Ben don't break has taken on a negative connotation uh, in general in for the football vernacular. But listen, if you let a team get down to the one yard line or inside the goal line several times and don't break and don't let them score, that's literally the definition of Ben don't break. Um, and, and until look, Here's what I need. Here's what I would like to see. My favorite score, 14 nothing. Get the ball, score, three and out, score, and then you can pin your ears back a little bit. And I thought that happened against Purdue. You know, Purdue was down 13 nothing before the game even started. We hadn't had a game like that yet. You know what I mean? That 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 takes a lot of pressure off your uh, offense and your defense, makes it easier to call plays. It makes it much harder to call plays on the other side. So I cannot get up. Same with Penn State. I'd love to see Ohio State get off to a great start. The offense needs a little confidence. I think the defense is playing to the point where if they do get off to a strong start, and it is 14-0 or 7-0, 10-0, that Aller may get a little, you know, start to press a little bit. Um, just the same, we fall behind 10-0, and you've got a young quarterback on the road, he may gain some confidence. So we have to get off to a good start. I'm, I'm more confident about – excuse me, more confident about the idea of getting off to a good start in football now than I ever have been. Um, you can pretty much tell from the jump. I mean, I give everybody one drive from your script to go out there. And there's plenty of times you'll be, you'll, a team will get a touchdown on their first drive and then not score again because they go off script and they got to actually call plays. But if Ohio State gets off to a good start at home, gets the momentum rolling, um, I get way more confident about how this game could go. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, it's spread open at five and a half. Money's coming in for Penn State. It's down to four and a half. Um, I thought it would be four and a half. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Mika said, and hopefully the weather forecast is, hopefully the weather is going to hold up. Last I looked this morning, I imagine things have not changed. Here in Columbus, Ohio on Saturday, 55, small chance of rain. High of 55 with a, a small chance of rain. So Basically Ohio in the fall. Basically Ohio in the fall. It was funny, like last week they talked about rain, 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 about Purdue, it's going to be rain. And then it was like, no rain for the first half. I'm joking with my friends. Like Blind Melon has the theme song for today. They talk about the rain the entire week, and there's no rain. And I looked at the radar. There's no rain in the radar. And then all of a sudden, the second half, the rain came. But by then, the Buckeyes had the game in the bag anyway. All right. Well, we're going to be on Penn State coverage all week. Keep it locked to Bucknuts. Thank you very much to Dan Rubin. Dan will be with you guys tomorrow on the Bucknuts Morning 5, along with the Dean and Mark Porter. Thank you to Dan. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We appreciate that very much. If you're watching on YouTube, we're trying to hit 10,000 subscribers. We're, we're right there. Smash that subscribe if you're not already subscribed and you like the show. That'll help us out a lot. Thanks again to Dan. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Go Bucks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.